Hi, I'm Megan Hillica, a grieving mother turned grief coach. I now support, guide, and offer tools to navigate the unthinkable of child loss to other moms who also know this pain. I help you go from empty, lost, and broken to learning to carry your grief and live alongside it. If there's one thing I want you to see, it's hope. Hope that there's life after loss. Hope that there's so much more for you and encouragement that you're normal. All of this is possible along with never forgetting or moving on from your baby or child. I'm holding on to hope for you until you are ready to hold it yourself. Welcome to Grieving Moms Podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of Grieving Moms Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hillica. You might be able to tell in my voice that I am getting over a cold. I completely lost my voice last week and my voice is coming back. So I'll do this episode. My voice sounds a little funny, but let's do it anyways. So I've been having this idea for this episode kind of bouncing around in my mind for some time and sometimes ideas for episodes have to percolate in my mind for a while before I can try to communicate them here with you because right away the idea is like just a feeling or a simple thought in my mind and then to try to communicate that with you so you can get it and understand it easily is something I have to ponder. That's actually one of the most difficult things for me with podcasting and sharing ideas is to fully communicate them with you. And I actually don't know if I'm doing this well or not, but I'm going to keep trying and keep learning. So if you're here with me, if you've been here for a while, I hope some things are coming across clearly for you. Um, Anyways, before I dive in, I wanted to share a client's perspective with RRT and her experience um, and the sessions with me. So they can get kind of long, so I'm breaking them up into chunks, and I'll just share little, you know, blips of the chunks on these episodes. And hopefully these aren't annoying for you, but they're kind of ways for you to hear what's possible for you and other people's experiences and that there's something out there that could make a difference for you. So here's what this client has to say. She says, the reason I did an RRT session was for anxiety, not being able to sleep, having negative thoughts about myself and feelings of shame and dread, which showed up every time I needed or wanted to do something in relation to other people and outside my very small comfort zone. Feeling isolated and very vulnerable and not sure how to be able to work again and how to be able to interact and connect with new people in my life. I struggled with feelings of meaninglessness and insignificance, just wanting to isolate myself. And then she says, shortly after my session with Megan, I had a meeting regarding my job situation and I didn't feel any anxiety. I was able to sleep in the days leading up to the meeting. I also didn't feel as vulnerable, but more confident in myself and in being able to protect myself and my boundaries. This felt so uplifting to me and has given me hope for being able to enter into workplace again. And so, interesting enough, (laughs) I'm going to talk about boundaries today, and I'm going to share a mom's story about kind of the situation. And she mentioned boundaries in there, and we're going to talk about boundaries today. And I'm even going to share a little part of something we talked about. Um, But I want to talk about boundaries and how they actually should be (laughs) used very rarely. And Often they're used in a way that's not benefiting anyone 
and it, instead it's just destroying relationships. I just saw a Instagram reel where this person was talking about protecting their peace this holiday season, that they're setting hard boundaries and they're not doing anything that will break their peace. I feel like this is everywhere online, um, especially I could share a million ways I see this. Like, let me give you a few examples. Like Facebook groups are actually notorious for this type of thing, at least as far as I have seen. So somebody will say something like, you know, oh, your mother-in-law doesn't come to your house to see your kids? Set a boundary and just block her from out of your life. She doesn't care to come to your house. Oh, your friend never texted you? Set a boundary and just block them from your life. Your husband doesn't pick up after himself? Oh, divorce him. <laughs> like you feel uncomfortable? Just change the situation and block that person. And I get this too. Sometimes you just have to because you don't have the capacity to do anything else. And I know boundaries are all the rage and it's one of the immediate reactions to discomfort emotionally. If I'm uncomfortable, then that means I have to set a boundary with this person immediately or discontinue the relationship or something to that effect. Do you think that everyone that sets a boundary is setting it from a clear and grounded perspective? Have you ever talked with somebody who's sharing their perspective and like their boundary and talking about how bad this person is and how awful they are? And maybe you know that person and you know that they're not bad and awful and like you can see clearly, you know, that it's coming from an emotional place and it's not actually like a clear place, if that makes sense. So here are some thoughts I have about this and I want to share a story first. And I, and I want to say that anyone that's doing this, I don't think that, you know, I, I think this is how the way it's been encouraged and people don't really know any different. So that's why I'm sharing a little different perspective here. So I want to share a story first. I was just working with the mother, like I said above, who is having an issue with the family member. And she was just wondering if she needs to set a boundary with this family member uh, because it was causing her so much pain in her life. So she had asked me, maybe I just need to set this boundary because it's causing me this pain. And so she was setting the boundary because she thought if she set this boundary, then she would feel better and she wouldn't have to deal with this pain. And so when I work with somebody, when I work with people, I don't tell them, yes, set the boundary or don't set the boundary. That's, I don't really feel like that's my role. Um, what I do is help them clear all the emotion and the stuckness that's keeping them from seeing the situation clearly themselves so that then they can decide how they want to move forward. So when after this, when she was seeing the situation clearly, you know, I'm not sure how she was going to set the boundaries. She had mentioned in her comment above that she could have her boundaries. And the thing is, she could have those boundaries like from a place of ease rather than a, from a place of hurt or forced. And I don't know if she was just going to change the way she showed up in the relationship. But when we were done, she could make that decision more clearly from a place of 
Like, for example, this has happened multiple times. And do I want to have this thing keep happening to me? And from a clear place, not a hurt place, she can decide, yes, I don't mind. Um, I know how to deal with it. It's, it's worth it to me. Or no, I'd rather put my energy and time elsewhere. Like, the, it, it, the emotion is gone. She's not making the decision from hurt. She's making it from a place that's not spiteful. She's not trying to stop emotional pain on her end or setting any boundaries with emotion, just deciding what the next best step is for her. So does this make sense? I hope it does. A lot of times when I see someone setting a boundary or hear someone setting a boundary, and let me be clear, a lot of this is online, so a lot of it is, um, I think online is just like a really intense place. <laughs> I really feel like I see it like intense energy when I see someone setting boundaries because often it's made from emotion. It's made from this person makes me feel this way and so I need to set this boundary so I can feel better. And often when talking to one person about the boundary, the other person they are setting the boundary with is the bad person. They are the person who doesn't know how to listen to do things the way you want them to do them or they are the narcissist or they are the evil person. They are the person who doesn't care. <laughs> But what if this person is just a human trying to do life just like you are? This person is also trying to navigate a relationship with you and they are seeing it from their own perspective and lens. And I completely understand that there are times when you need to do something different than you've done before. But I would highly recommend to only set a boundary when the emotion has gone from it. If there's intense emotion, it's really causing you to not see anything clearly. It's like having on foggy glasses that I've talked about before. Having those foggy glasses on, you can't see clearly when you have foggy glasses on. So for instance, this mom that I worked with, the emotion she was feeling, she thought she had to set a boundary to protect herself. But as we worked together, she realized that the emotion she was feeling actually completely disappeared. And she had more compassion for this person. So she didn't need to feel any of the horrible pain. She could make decisions from compassion, decide what the next best steps would be for her. In real life, we're all doing real life, relationships are a lot of work. And often we see things from our own lens and our own perspective. And having difficult conversations is part of being in a relationships. It's... <laughs> It's hard. Being in a relationship with someone isn't all about it's my way or the highway. Of course, it's good to do things that are good for you, but how can you do the things that are good for both of you? It's interesting because boundaries often are kind of portrayed and they never take the other person in con into consideration or opening up a conversation um, maybe a boundary still will happen after having the conversation and the emotions cleared, and that's fine. But can you get creative and open up conversations and ask the hard questions or be curious and interested in their point of view? The thing is that this can be very challenging to do when there's intense emotion surrounding it. So if you haven't been able to do this in the past, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just that this emotion makes it almost impossible to see clearly and stay calm and to not get wrapped up in the situation. So all this to say, 
Remember, the human on the other side of the boundary is a human too, who's trying to have a relationship with you. And they may not be doing it well, but frankly, maybe neither are you. Nobody's perfect. None of us are. And obviously, this is not focused towards abusive relationships. So don't get me wrong in that way. But the this person on the other side of the boundary, they're human and they're doing the best they can at the moment. And so are you. And so how can you have a conversation? And maybe the work is within yourself to clear emotion and stuckness. So you can see the situation more clearly as it is, rather than clouded by emotion. Here's the beauty of clearing the emotion first. Sometimes when you clear up emotion, you might realize that there's no boundary that needs to be set. So for instance, if this person's behavior is causing you feelings of frustration, this person that's in your life, and so you think, oh, you need to block this person in your life so you don't feel frustrated. Side note, not only will this not work, it's a symptom of things and will transfer to another person or relationship. Um, The thing is, what if you clear up the frustration? which frankly isn't fun to feel anyways, right? Nobody wants to feel frustrated, even if it feels justified or like there's no other way. It's just not fun. But if the frustration were gone, you might realize something about this person and suddenly you don't need the boundary and you can have an even better relationship with them than before. So sometimes boundaries cut off relationships needlessly and just hurt people because of the emotion that's there. But if like this example, the frustration is gone, then there might not be no need for a boundary. And of course, the best way to clear this emotion and be able to see clearly, I believe is RRT and what I do, but obviously use whatever method feels best for you. I would just encourage you to do this work, to clear the emotion first and then set the boundary and then see how easy the boundary is to set. Once the emotion is clear, and if you had the conversation, then see how easy it is to have it. See how it doesn't matter if they violate the boundary because you just do what you are going to do if they violated it. Like, it's fine. The energy is clear. It's not forced or done in anger or hurt. It's just what it is because you no longer want that kind of behavior in their life after clearly communicating with them and if they want to continue doing it the way they have. So, clear emotion communicate. And then if those don't work, then maybe set a boundary. What do you think? Is this different than anything you've seen online or anywhere else? I feel like it is. Again, most people say, if it's painful, set a boundary. I say, if it's painful, clear the pain and then see if the boundary still needs to be set. Take care, my friends. See you next week. If you like this podcast and have found it helpful, I want to invite you to come check out Grieving Moms Haven. This is my monthly community for grieving moms where you can learn positive coping mechanisms, find a safe space with others who understand, and learn lifelong skills that support you as you learn how to carry this weight of grief in your life. There are group coaching calls where we do guided meditations, tapping meditations, breath work, and just talk knowing that everyone in the group is also walking the path of child loss. You can come check out Grieving Moms Haven at www.grievingmomshaven.com.